Alright. There it is. Again. And it's cold. I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. Hey everybody, I'm Joseph. And I'm Rob. Welcome to Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, the history of punk, post-punk, and new wave, 1976 to 1986. And hey, by the way, this deep dive is on... Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. We <laughs> <laughs> neglected to uh, to give you guys a heads up that Did we you... were doing this deep dive on Iggy Pop. I apologize for that. I've got my checklist right here and that somehow I just didn't... I just missed it. I don't know. It's good um, to sneak one in every once in a while. Yeah, so surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so this is um, this is your jam, right? Yeah, I love Iggy Pop. Okay, can is it is it fair to to call you a super fan or? Um, you know, I I think I'm approaching a super fan. Um, uh -huh. I, I will say that I've been a fan of Iggy Pop since. Oh gosh, I, you know, I don't know. Probably the the mid '80s, um, so not as long as some people. But I've definitely gone back and listened to all of his stuff, and I've seen his movies, and I've, I don't know, yeah, just been into it. Well, let's uh, let's start this out right. Let's um, remind our listeners why Iggy Pop was a big deal when he started his solo career. He, of course, was in the Stooges, one of the premier proto-punk bands. Um, I would say that the Stooges' most famous song is I Want to Be Your Dog. Is that right? Yeah, I think you're right about that. And it's, I mean, it's hugely popular. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I think it kind of, it kind of wraps up the Stooges and maybe even Iggy Pop at that Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually prefer the song "Search and Destroy." So that's um, let's just remind everybody why Iggy Pop was so revered in the in the mid '70s. You know why David Bowie, at sort of like his the the one of the crests of his career was seeking out Iggy Pop to work with them and, and produce them and collaborate with them. Mm -hmm. um, Search and Destroy by the, by the Stooges. Look out, honey, cause I'm using technology.
of like every song on on Rob Power. It's uh, I don't know. To me, it's just kind of a grungy, you know, it's just a killer album. Yeah, yeah. I I had this in high school on cassette. Um, I was listening to the Stooges before I got into Iggy Pop. Um, I'm not quite sure why that was, but that was just the way it was. Now, um, that was off of their last album, Raw Power. So they broke up around 73, right? 73. You know, they, I'm trying to remember. It seems to me they might have did some stuff. Uh, well, they did get back together. Um, well, yeah. But, yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, Iggy Pop went quite, quite a while without... Re- getting a record deal and um it was probably probably a lot of it had to do with his his association with um david bowie who was hot in 1977 um when he finally did release his first album so rob why don't we before we get into the rankings and all of that um Mm -hmm. how much of a how much of a bio do you want to do on iggy pop i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna let you you're gonna you're gonna let me steer the ship today Oh yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I'm going to give a little bit of bio, and I've got some some quotes and some fun fun tidbits. Um, but uh, seriously, I want to listen to some music. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then you want to just sort of jump into the rankings. Um, let you know what? Yeah, let's actually. Since you brought up David Bowie, I have a great mm-hmm. quote that I want to I want to read to you um, before we do that, and and it has to do with David Bowie's relationship with Iggy Pop and Lou Reed, of course. Um, I, I I almost call these guys the Three Stooges, um, but <laughs> anyway, so uh, David Bowie when he this is this is Bowie's quote on when he met Iggy Pop. Do you know how I met Iggy and Lou Reed? I was at the RCA party at Max Kansas City in New York and was introduced to Lou. He immediately started telling me some story about a guy who injected, injected smack through his forehead. That's typical Lou. Anyway, up comes this funny, ragged, ragged little guy with broken teeth, and Lou says, Don't talk to him. He's a junkie. That was Iggy. You can't help loving him. He's just so vulnerable. So that was David Bowie on Iggy and... Uh, 1973. So rankings? Rankings, it is. You want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, when I, when I, I'm, I'm itching. Why don't you go first? I'm, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what, okay. you, what, you, what you think. Well, I will. I will give you my rankings, and then I'll give you a quick little overview about where I'm at with Iggy Pop. Uh, okay. Um. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna. The oh. I guess we should mention this is. Uh, deep dive on Iggy Pop Part One. So yes. we're doing his first eleven albums. Mm-hmm. That's through um, 1993's American Caesar, right. and then um, down the road, probably when we get to Zombie Birdhouse, um, we'll we'll pick up on Part Two and and do everything um, after 1993. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is. This is the ranking just for his first 11 albums. So, um, my, my favorite Iggy Pop is the stuff with David Bowie, as I sort of suspected it would be. Yeah, I kind of figured it might be. So, um, my, my favorite Iggy Pop album is The Idiot. Mm -hmm. Number two is Lust for Life. 
Number three is Zombie Birdhouse. Number four is New Values. Number five is Soldier. Number six is 1993's American Caesar. Number seven is Party. Number eight is Brick by Brick. Number nine is Blah Blah Blah. Number 10 is Kill City. <laughs> and number 11 is Instinct. Uh, I I have lots of lots to say about instinct, but I'll, I'll... well, you're gonna you're gonna find that you and I only matched on two. And yeah. Okay. The rest was completely completely off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me <laughs> let me say this before you get to your ranking. Sure. Just the so you are way more familiar with Iggy Pop than I was, mm-hmm. and um. <clears throat> The very first Iggy Pop album that I had right about the time I graduated from high school was Blah Blah Blah. And I hated that album. And because of that, I really avoided Iggy Pop for a long time. And then in um, the mid-90s, the movie um, Train Spotting came out. Right. And that that's what really brought Iggy Pop into back into the mainstream here here in America was that soundtrack, um, and that's when you started hearing his his early cool stuff kind of popping up singles, you know, like um, Lust for Life and Night Clubbing and and all of that. So. And all of those songs that I heard, I really liked, but I never delved into his stuff. And this is where I sit with Iggy Pop. I think Iggy Pop is a personality artist. And what I mean is it's all about his personality, right? And there are lots of popular artists that are like this, Um, like... Lou Reed, Laurie Anderson, Patti Smith, um, Tom Waits, Nick Cave, Bjork, um, David Byrne with his solo stuff to a lesser degree, where you're either, you either buy into that personality, that persona, or you don't. Yeah. And I'm sorry to say that I don't. I'm, I'm just... I'm not there. Now, He's he's got some great songs, and he has some awful songs. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> That's for the, sure. But, but the question is, the stuff that is neither great or awful, do you like? His sort of default gray area, you know, like all artists have it. Yeah. And, um, and it just doesn't... It, I just don't connect with it. Um, I... I um my general notes about him is that it's the difference between making something sound effortless versus making something sound like you didn't put any effort into it. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. And so when when Iggy Pop is on, he makes it sound weird and effortless, but most of the time, to me, it sounds like he's just winging that fucker, you know? Mm-hmm. I see, yeah. Um, 
And um, as far as the albums that I like, it it really depends on who who he's collaborating with. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. So um, that's kind of I'm not really on board with I I I like certain songs, but but I I'm not a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I uh, going in, I thought. Now, I can do this one of two ways. I can go in and try to convert Joseph. But then I thought, why would I try to change Joseph? I think what the best thing to do is just kind of give you a taste of who Iggy Pop was. And, I mean, doing these two parts, you're going to listen to the most Iggy Pop that you've ever listened to. And I'm pretty sure that you're going to come out of it a little different. Um you know, and if maybe not with this part one, maybe with part two. For you know, I, I just think that you're you're going to change the way you look at him a little bit. Yeah. So, so in my ranking, I would say that I actively like my number one, two, three, and four, mm-hmm. um, and then number five, six, and seven. I'm kind of ambivalent about there's some things that i really like and then some things that i don't and then eight three eleven i i i really have strong negative reactions to (laughs) okay (laughs) well it's it's safe to say that iggy pop makes lots of people uncomfortable um in in the quote that i read by david bowie he at least made lou reed uncomfortable and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but there's something lovable about him so hopefully yeah. you'll come around <laughs> okay so my rankings um i'm gonna go uh, number one lust for life number two american caesar number three blah 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 sorry about that number four new values number five the idiot number six is a soldier seven is brick by brick eight is the party nine is kill city 10 zombie birdhouse and 11 instinct so instinct i i just have no love for at all at all (laughs) yeah 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 well we'll we'll get to that when we get to it um okay so let's um let's jump into the idiot um we have talked about this album a couple of times already played Mm -hmm. played a number of songs from it um What well, what was your pick date listen to today? Um, so for the idiot, uh, I, I mean, I think it's a great album. Um, so any of those songs are really cool. But yeah. I, I pick. I think my favorite uh, was probably nightclub. Nightclubbing, we're nightclubbing, we're what's happening. Nightclubbing. We'll see people, brand new people, there's something to see, night clubbing, we're night clubbing, oh isn't it wild, Yeah, so this is my favorite Iggy Pop album, or at least my favorite Iggy Pop 
um, from prior to 1993. Um, <clears throat> I I think the music is amazing. Now, now this is the one that um, David Bowie's guitarist Mick Robinson um, had had a large part in orchestrating isn't that correct he was in there someplace yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah. I, I seem to remember a quote um, David Bowie saying that Mick really dealt with the the composition and the orchestration and David Bowie just did the Iggy Pop wrangling <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah. <laughs> that, that's probably very true actually yeah. <laughs> um uh, I I I, I love this song. In fact, like I said, I, I I love pretty much all the songs on the album. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Nightclub is also one of those that you hear in movies. You know, you yeah. hear, you hear all over. Um, yeah. This song was written in ten minutes. Um, yeah. And David Bowie suggested to Iggy that he write this song like they are ghosts walking through the city at night, and Iggy Pop just laid down some lyrics in ten minutes and says, "Okay, there you go." Now the thing is, is that's typical Iggy Pop. Uh, if you listen to a lot of his lyrics, they're they're simple. Um, yeah. And in well, a lot we'll, of his. Yeah. Go go right ahead. You, yeah, I've got a lot to say about Iggy Pop's lyrics, but <laughs> I feel like um, I want to bring them up as we talk about specific albums and it. specific songs. But um, and I I would never pretend to. Um, know for certain what Iggy Pop's creative process was, but it really does, a lot of it really does sound like it's probably not, you know, spur of the moment stream of consciousness, but it sounds like it was stream of consciousness written 10 minutes ago with a couple of quick changes before he started recording. And that is, that is... That's a dangerous way to to uh, to make music, right. um, and it can provide for some absolutely brilliant moments. But when it doesn't work, it really doesn't work. Yeah. So Iggy Pop releases his second album again in 1977, uh, "Lust for Life," once again produced by David Bowie. Um, this is probably his most famous or highly revered album with uh, Lust for Life, The Passenger, and Success uh, being the three big songs. We, of course, talked about this last episode. I want to point out last episode, I incorrectly identified it as being the last album that David Bowie produced because he, of course produces blah 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 mm -hmm. um, in uh, 1986 but it's the last one that he'll produce in the 70s so going into this I just kind of knew that Lust for Life was going to be my number one favorite album um, it's it's just a great album it's got songs that I remember hearing and I think that it became my favorite probably for nostalgic reasons you know what I mean um, mm -hmm. It's like those songs are playing all through my, through my youth, and they're the ones that really stuck with me. Um, but I, on top of that, I really do think it's a good album. Yeah. So the song that you picked um, off of this album is "Tonight," mm -hmm. which 
I was familiar with um, because it was the title track off of David Bowie's atrocious um, release, the first release he did after Let's, Let's Dance. Yeah. And David Bowie, does, I didn't realize how many covers of Iggy Pop songs <laughs> he did. A, a lot of them were songs that he co-wrote with Iggy Pop, but some of them were songs that that he didn't have anything to do with the, the initial writing of. And except for China Girl, mm-hmm. I would say David Bowie has a disturbing knack for taking a pretty darn good Iggy Pop song and sucking the life out of it. <laughs> you might be right about that. I, I kind of agree with you there. Because um, I I always hated this song tonight. Yeah. And I'd never heard the original. Right. Um, so the, the, the weird um, thing at the beginning that's so dark, that's not in the David Bowie version, right? Right. Yeah. See, so he just he took all of the edge out of that song and just made it toothless and, and flaccid and, and and it was years later too. I mean, you got to think of the yeah, yeah. the the style of music that that was being played in the eighties when he when he, yeah. when he used to, tonight's been covered by a handful of people. So um, there's nothing like the Iggy Pop version, that's for sure. I saw my baby. She was turning blue. Listening to this song again, the Iggy Pop version of it, um, I was reminded, as you said, because the most recent version I'd heard was the David Bowie song. <laughs> you know, so listening to it again, I really got into the lyrics and his vocals, and I gotta say, it made me a little sad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I really like this song. I I like it when Iggy Pop does pop. But with his weird little sideways attack of it, mm-hmm. if that makes yeah. sense. I mean, he's he's so lopsided in his sensibilities that it kind of, when it works, those weird Iggy Pop dynamics playing <laughs> off of a pop structure mm-hmm. really creates a really nice tension. We're going to hear several of those songs tonight. Yeah. 
Also in 1977, um, Kill City is released. Now, um, this was actually recorded in 1975 with a um, another member of the Stooges after the Stooges broke up. And it's like if you if you go looking for it on Spotify, you won't find it under Iggy Pop. You'll find it under Iggy Pop and James Williamson. Oh, yeah. They couldn't get a label to release it until after the success with David Bowie. And then they, they released it. Um, so this has some 70s rock and roll boogie woogie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too Alice Cooperish for me. And all I can say is, thank God that punk hit when it did, and and Iggy Pop did a course correction, because um, this is very like the the song that what what well what song did you pick? So I picked Lucky Monkeys, um, yeah. And I have to say it's it's a bit silly, um, yeah. And there's a bit of a country twang to it, uh, but but listening to it, I, I had to say that it's it's probably my favorite song in the album, and it's not a not a very favorite album of mine to be honest. Yeah, you know, this is not a bad album. It is just not in my lane at all. Yeah. I just don't care for this kind of music. Yeah. Now, um. I like the Rolling Stones. I own many Rolling Stones albums and you know I love his I love their like when they do disco is some of my favorite Rolling uh-huh. Stones. So but when I refer to another artist sounding like the Rolling Stones, that is never a good thing. <laughs> I kind of hate music that sounds too influenced by the Rolling Stones. And this album, particularly this song, really sounds like wannabe Rolling Stones to me. So I... I, I'm with with you in that case. And uh, when the Rolling Stones started sounding disco, it was actually when I stopped liking them. (laughs) Okay, well, that's a different discussion for a different day. Indeed. Outside an asshole Crawling out of his hole The back of his back black Look out, lucky monkeys A little with red plastic Saxophone line lips kicks Fears and tears put out matches Look out, lucky monkeys Another thing about this album is that it doesn't sound, it sounds kind of muddy and muddled up. Um, it's like the tracks aren't clear, you know, and apparently what that, what had happened is they lost the masters to this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you, what you have is basically the, you know, the, the kind of underproduced sound um, of, I don't know. It just could, it could have been better if they if they'd been able to clean it up and and redo it. But anyway. Okay. Before we go get into the next release, I just want to note that um, the next four albums are absolute messes. 
Now, for me, some of them are really enjoyable messes, and then some of them are off-putting, but he is all over the place oh, yeah. on the next four albums. He, he goes through a very strange period. So 1979 sees the release of New Values. And, uh, you know, as we said, no David Bowie on this one, but uh, produced by James Williamson, strangely enough, so... I like the music better than Iggy Pop's vocals or lyrics. Um, I think um, the song Girls is a real low point uh, as far as his repertoire goes. That's when his sort of like, I don't give a fuck, I'm just going to go in and say what I think off the top of my head about this subject. That approach absolutely is not working for me just kills that song um and then musically my favorite song off of this album is african man i Mm -hmm. love the music but the lyrics are awful yeah they are (laughs) they it's what so when when iggy pop goes in and he's doing like stream of consciousness stuff on a song like dog food which we'll get to which is about you know, being a low-life drug addict, street rack, uh, rat in New York City in the 70s, mm-hmm. which is something he's totally familiar with, oh, yeah. it totally works. But when he gets into subject matter that he doesn't really know much about, and particularly something like African Man, where he's just throwing out these stereotypes, wolf, oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but there are there are a lot of really good songs off of this. I'd say of all of his albums, this this is the album that has like the highest highs and the lowest lows for me. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's all over the map. I um I ended up having quite a few songs that I really liked on this, and uh, um, Girls wasn't one of them. African <laughs> wasn't wasn't one of them. Um, <laughs> But, uh, and, and, you know, the new values I felt was, uh, it was totally Iggy on point. Um, I, I love that song. Yeah. I, it, I, there were three or four songs that I just went back and forth about what I was going to pick. You know, um, new values is yeah. great. Don't look down was a really good one. Yep. And, yep. uh, yep. so good that Bowie even covered that on his yep. tonight. I mean, yep. um, yep. you know. Oh, so. and it should should be noticed noted that um, the probably the most famous song off of this album is "I'm Bored." I'm bored, which I liked as well. Again, yeah, the, the lyrics right. are simple. Um, yeah. Iggy's just kind of getting the point across. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of "Endless Sea." To be honest, I thought it was a, yeah, great, I, a great tune. I was I was really glad to see that you picked this song now i was familiar with this song and dog food because when i was i don't know in middle school maybe or um maybe high school i had this soundtrack to a very obscure movie called dogs in space Uh um which was australian and um it had both of those songs, and so those were probably the first two Iggy Pop songs that I was ever really familiar with. 
because I, I had that soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, well, and Endless Sea is definitely a good one. And, and again, uh, you know, we'll get to it, of course, dog food. Um, <laughs> I don't know. To me, that's that's Iggy. Like, it's just all Iggy. Um, yeah. Endless Sea, yeah. a good song. I do have to say that I think the intro is a little bit long, but the song is amazing. Uh, yeah, this is this is a... Uh... This is one of my favorite Iggy Pop songs, but it's it's a tough song for our format because it's one of those songs that just slowly builds and builds and builds, and that's the power of the song. So I, so you get a little taste here, um, but strongly recommend that you go and check out the full song because it's pretty good. Oh baby, what a place to be. In the service of the bourgeoisie Where can my believers be? I want to jump into the endless sea Because you picked Endless Sea, I got to pick uh, Don't Look Down, which um, once again was unfortunately very familiar with the David Bowie version. And (laughs) this this version is, I love this version so much more. Look down, the making sort of crazy sound. Who scared you? And why stay there? It's no piece of cake. When I hear that crazy sound, I don't look down. Right, let's move on to 1980s Soldier. Um, this was, um, this was, I don't know if he actually produced it, but um, Glenn Matlock of the Sex Pistols uh, worked with Iggy Pop on this one. Yeah, it was It was produced by Pat Moran. Funny enough, was James Williamson was actually hired to produce it. But uh-huh. uh, he, he ended up butting heads with David Bowie, who was really there just to help Iggy Pop out. And uh, Williamson got so heated that he just walked. He, just, he didn't produce it. So, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, let's, let's talk about your pick. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I love this song. Uh-huh. But you know what this reminds me of? Tell me. This reminds me of 
when we did our mini dive on the damned uh-huh. and we talked about the song machine gun etiquette so machine gun etiquette sounded like the blueprint for the offspring's entire career. <laughs> right. 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 This. So did you pick this song because it is sounds uncannily like Jane's addiction? That's so funny. Is uh, you know, I think that might have something to do with why I picked it, and I never realized it until just now. <laughs> But it does. Crap. This is, if I didn't know any better and you played the song for me the first time and tried to convince me that it wasn't Jane's addiction, I would not believe you. I mean, it sounds like every Jane's addiction song. And as far as I know, I mean, at least up through 1993, Iggy Pop has never done another song that sounds anything (laughs) like this. This is just like a one off. This is true. I would love to know how influenced Perry Farrell of Jane's Addiction was by this song because it it really sounds like Jane's Addiction's entire blueprint. (laughs) And I didn't I didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. You're so (laughs) right. (laughs) But that might be why I chose the song. Now, I chose the song, I think, because it's definitely unique. Uh, yeah. it's, got a, it's got a sound I like, and it's not a sound that Iggy Pop uses any other time. You know, this song is just so, it sits by itself, but I think yeah. it's a great tune. We're seeking employment. As I've been listening to this playlist for the last several days, this is the song that won't that it won't go out of my head. <laughs> uh, it's just it's like this little earworm that has just been stuck there for the last several days. So now we get to my pick, which yeah. is dog food, which is Iggy Pop at his very very best as far as being complete completely unhinged and like you just imagine him thrashing around the studio knocking everything down and just just going out of his mind um the only thing about this song is there is an unfortunate very um dated 70s reference to a 14 year old girlfriend which yeah which is a little rough um how i console myself on that is this is a song about an absolute and complete mess uh i mean dirtbag just a mess of a person um but still it's it's a little little icky but otherwise 
he this song is 100% on point like completely i mean the energy level on this is amazing yeah. i i love this song and again it's all out balls to the ball you keep up yep songs that I was listening to in my youth that made me just really dig Iggy Pop. You know, that's that's one of those that I was like, this guy is raw. And and like you said, he's thrashing about, probably breaking shit in the studio. He's, he's just unhinged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you ready to move on to party, or you, let's, you still... Let's yeah? Go, well, yeah, let's go on to party. 1981 sees a release of Party. How, how did you rank this one again? Oh, Party, I think, was number eight on my list. Yeah, so so when I said that the these group of four were absolute messes, this is the, this is the mess that I like the least. Um, this is the messiest, least compelling mess of this period <laughs> for him. It's not really working for me. Although I do like the song that you picked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, I, I just want to make the point that um, he had promised Arista Records to, to do a commercial album. Um, yeah. You know, and Iggy Pop is not a commercial guy. I mean... He, He's he's at his best when you just let him run around wild, and uh, when you try to put a collar on him, it just fails. But I will say this: I like Carlos Alomar on guitars and Clem Burke from Blondie on drums. So we've got we've got David Bowie's guitarist and Blondie's drummer playing with Iggy Pop on this on this album, and that's cool. The music is is okay, but yeah, it's not Iggy Pop to me. So, as far as my song, I picked Bang Bang. Another one that um, David Bowie did a cover of <laughs> at his sort of lowest creative point. Um, this this version, needless to say, but I'm going to say it anyways, so much better. Yeah. <laughs> Young girls know what they're after. Young girls, don't kiss me goodbye. Rockets, shoot off the space. And buildings, rise to the sky. Bang, bang. I got mine. 
Okay, so can we move on to Zombie Birdhouse? Because I really want to talk about Zombie Birdhouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's 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 go ahead and talk about that one. This is my number three album of of Iggy Pop's behind the first two David Bowie produced ones. Um, Chris Stein of the of Blondie produced it, mm-hmm. and the music sounds so good. The uh, this is musically. This is probably my favorite album. Wow. I even I like the music even better in this than the David Bowie stuff. But I, I think that David Bowie was much better at, at harnessing Iggy Pop's energy mm-hmm. into the song, whereas this, he's kind of all over the place. This is such a weird album. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, this is the mess that works for me where I'm, party was the mess that didn't work for me this is the mess that does work for I, me i'm glad to hear you say that it works for you it doesn't for me it's number 10 on my list this yeah is, this is his last <laughs> experimental album really um and it's a good thing to me i'm so glad i went in wanting to like it because i because stein produced it and i respect him and the work that he's done and so i really went in thinking I'm going to like this, even if I don't like it. But I didn't like it to the point oh, where I just, I just couldn't. I just couldn't. <laughs> oh, th- there is so much to explore in this album. I mean, this this album is like a weird fun house with a dozen or so different rooms. And you just open the door and go, what freaky thing is in this room? And yeah. then you experience it and go, oh, oh okay, well, what's in the next room? I'm not going to hate it. It is an absolute funhouse. Yeah. Um, I decided I'm not going to hate it for the very reason that Iggy Pop came off of a commercial album that he didn't really want to do and just decided to go nuts. So so I'm not going to hate it, but I don't love and he, it. He goes nuts on it and and blesses his weird warped little soul. It's <laughs> this is this is a very entertaining album. Um, what's your pick? Uh, so my pick was "Run Like a Villain." Okay, so uh, before we get into this, I just want to point out a moment in this song. Mm-hmm. So um, we were talking earlier about. Iggy Pop and his sort of like stream of consciousness stuff and when it works and when it doesn't. Um, I don't know if this is true, but the moment where he name checks this album, where he he comes up with the phrase zombie birdhouse, it really sounds like he is actually coming up with that off the top of his head during the recording of it. It could very and well that, be. That is like Iggy Pop when he's when he's doing his magic. Yeah. You yeah. know? That I love that moment. I'm not super crazy about the song itself, but that that moment is like Iggy Pop at his very best. Prescription shades and designer jeans. A Tony Watt man on her head All she wants is 
Now we get to talk about the Ballad of Cookie McBride. Oh, what a title! I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think we've uh, we've already heard a fair amount of goofiness. Um, it, not not all of his songs. Um, and honestly, I think that um, you know you have been gravitating towards his not very goofy songs, right, right. like Endless Sea and Bang Bang. Um, as opposed to girls or I'm bored, you know, yeah. s- stuff like that. But this is him, <laughs> j- him at his just absolute goofiest. But it's working for me. He's he's playing a character, and once again, like an African man, he's talking about something he really doesn't know anything about. But it's a fairly harmless subject matter. Right. It's talking about, you know, some old gnarly prospector in the Wild West. And (laughs) and uh, and and the and he does this character so well. I mean, it's like I want to see a movie where he's a gnarled old prospector because he's just he's just absolutely dialed in. To this character's essence. Well, Iggy Pop still has a chance to make that movie. You know? He can <laughs> do it. I would I would pay to see the ballad of Cookie McBride. <laughs> There's cows at my table and mud on my floor. There's bears in the area and wolves at the door. They're singing a song about Cookie McBride. Who goes out of trapping and then tans their hides. Zombie Birdhouse is the last Iggy Pop album that I that I love. Uh, now I I can't speak past 1993 because I haven't listened to them all, um, but from here on out it gets really rough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's uh, talk about 19. 19- 
86's blah 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 this was the first Iggy Pop album that I had and turned me off of Iggy Pop for a good 10 years it was produced by David Bowie and he was coming off of producing tonight and it and I I hate this album this in the exact same way that I hate tonight it is just the production is awful it is so overproduced in that in that late 80s new wave pop bloat that just sucks the life out of songs this 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 album was made at a period in both of their lives where i think in music you know and and in general that was just a it was a fluff i mean it was just a fluff it was the most commercially successful album of his it absolutely was. Real Wild Child, which was a cover song, and Cry for Love were two of his biggest hits. Um, now, here's what Iggy Pop says about this album. Oh, yeah. he, he called it a, a Bowie album in all but name and has practically disowned it. Um, now... This is the first album where Iggy Pop really sings in tune the entire time. (laughs) Um, So you'd think that I would like it more, but um, he just sounds so sedated here. He he really sounds like he's looking at Billy Idol and going, I want to do that. Uh, Because he sounds, a lot of these songs sound very Billy Idol-ish. Yeah. Well, it it surprised. Okay, so this, be, this album being so commercial, it actually surprised me that it came so high on my list because I like raw. Yeah. Dude. I like raw Iggy Pop. I like when he's rough around the edges, and uh, and this is this is his. I almost want to call it his sellout album. You know, it's. It's, oh, oh! Please do call yeah, it a sellout album. No. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like he discarded every interesting part of his personality well, for this album. Now say, saying saying that, and, and as you said, you know he did disown the album, saying it was a David Bowie album in all but name. Um, and well, that said, I actually liked every single song on the album. Um, you know, and it, I don't want to because it's so commercial. This is the fluff piece. I don't want to like the fluff piece. I want to like, I want to like sw- sweaty Iggy Pop with, you know, blood and and sweat dripping out of his hair. I want, you know what I mean? I wanna, yeah. I want to. I want that edge. But yeah, well, I I do want to point out that um, so the next three albums of his, this and the next two, um, I I have a real active dislike for mm-hmm. and it is not because of Iggy Pop's you know his goofiness or his bombasticness mm-hmm. it's because there is not for me there is not a single surprise other than I can't believe he did this shit um, for me in in any of this stuff. It is it's just there there's no adventure to it at all for me. So you um, picked Hideaway, and this is um, 
I don't hate the song, but I don't act it. I think the best that I can say about any of the songs is that I don't actively dislike yeah. them. I, I think well, it's just fine. Ambivalence. <laughs> um, the reason uh, I... No, not ambivalence. Okay. Indifference. <laughs> Indifference. Yeah. The, the reason I picked Hideaway is because almost all the other songs were hit singles. You know? <laughs> Yeah. So, so I'm like, I want to pick something different. I mean, it's obvious if you pick, you know, Cry for Love or Real Wild Child. Um, I and I, I was incorrect when I said I liked all these songs. I hate blah blah blah. By the way, I just hate it. Oh yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah. I I picked Hideaway. I need to touch a live unbeaten earth. So that's where I. never owned it but i know all the songs and they're you know it just feels like that commercial that commercial yeah. album yeah yeah oh which brings us to instinct our, holy our, crap uh, our favorite no. so this is 1988 mm-hmm. and um i have a new goal in life my a new item on my bucket list is to make it to my deathbed without ever listening to this album again. <laughs> this is awful, awful. Um, it is like every awful heavy metal cliche in the book. Yeah. Um, it, it's one of the worst albums I. Well, it is definitely the worst album that I have listened to for this pod- podcast so far. I mean, Blondie's The Hunter is right there, but but this is... You don't hear me using the word hate that much when right. we talk about music, but I hate this album. Um, you Now, the song that you picked is, is not as hair metal, 80s hair metal, right. as most of the stuff. And speaking of sounding like... Um, Billy Idol, holy smokes! If you played this for me, I, I, and I didn't know who it was, I would go, "Oh, that's got to be Billy Idol," because this is so Billy Idol. Um, I so I skipped this album when it came out. I didn't, I didn't hear it when it came out. I didn't actually hear it until I heard a song in a 1990s horror sci-fi movie called Hardware, and mm-hmm. um, Iggy Pop played a disc jockey in this post-apocalyptic world where a robot gets awakened and he goes around killing people. Um, it was a horrible I, I, movie. I'm sorry, what's the, what's the name again? The name of the movie was Hardware. And it was, Hardware. It was oh, so bad. Sure. So lousy. Yeah. Um, but I got excited when I found out Iggy Pop was in it and I went and got this album. Okay. 
and uh, boy, what a mistake I made. <laughs> you know, if I wanted canned heavy metal, um, you know, well, I don't know what I would have done because I never would have wanted canned heavy metal. But to me, it's like every song sounds alike with with that that typical, you know, grungy metal riff. So yeah, yeah. But High on You was the one that just wasn't like the rest, and that's why I chose it. I like your wooden dog, baby. I never want to leave, baby. If I could rule the night, baby, I'd turn it into wine. should be noted that Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols was on guitar there. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. <laughs> yeah, you thought you got away clean on that one, Steve, but... <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> so you ready to talk about Brick by Brick? Yeah, let's talk about Brick by Brick. So 1990 sees the release of Brick by Brick... This was a pretty, uh, in in Iggy Pop terms, this was another pretty big album. Um, the hits were Living on the Edge of the Night, Candy, with the always wonderful Kate Pearson oh, yeah. of the B-52s. Yeah, great song, too. And the song Home. I, I have nothing to say about this album other than Kate Pearson, yay. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, this is Blah 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 Part 2. Oh, okay. Um, Every criticism I had about blah, 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 I have about this. Um, and so I would just be repeating myself. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you, um, okay. you, this, you, you ranked this one pretty high. Yeah, fairly I high. I mean, I ranked it at seven, but if. Oh, okay. It, All right. It, that's not so I still high. like it a lot. Um, it's, mm-hmm. you know, there are some that I ranked low that I really don't like. And some that are ranked lower than they could be only because I liked others better. So mm-hmm. um, now this mm-hmm. album was produced by Don Was from Was Not Was. The funny thing about this album to me is that you have Slash and Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses on the album with Iggy Pop, and this is a lot less. There's a lot less metal and hairband than than Instinct. Uh, I'm you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's but to me it's a good album. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um the Kate Pearson track, uh Candy was was great. I think this was like Iggy Pop's first uh uh M T V hit because it's so friendly, you know. Um mm-hmm. but but yeah, I, I enjoyed the album. And and I picked I picked home for my for my song. Yeah, so this is I'm not crazy about this song. Um, at this point, Iggy Pop to me just sounds completely checked out. 
and um, you know, there's there is nothing really interesting about what he, he well he he doesn't particularly sound interested in what he's doing, and so thusly it just doesn't seem to have much energy for you know to to compel me in any particular way. I went so high, man, so don't trip me up. Shaking a leg like the tail of the pup. I'm paying dues till I register heat. Sure hope I don't end up on the street. Home boy, home boy. Everybody needs a home. Home boy, home boy. Everybody needs a home. So many people rise and fall. Who's looking after you at all? Brick by brick, it comes in at seven on my list. So, uh, yeah, not your favorite, not my favorite either. But it, but it yeah. So, um, let's let's take a little sidebar here for one second before we talk about um, American Caesar. Sure. Because um, you are the Iggy Pop fan and I honestly before we started prepping for this episode I didn't really know how I felt about Iggy Pop Mm -hmm. Um, so because Iggy Pop has like what 22 25 albums we, we had a choice to make we could either you know really just focus on the 70s and 80s stuff and then breeze through the rest of it or we could split this in half because I wasn't familiar with this stuff I deferred to you mm-hmm. and you said well we definitely need two parts we do we do so part, part of that has to do with the fact that he's got some really great stuff coming up so okay so I um as I was doing my homework for this episode I was listening to the albums chronologically, you know, so I would, I would listen to the idiot. Well, the idiot, I both lust for life and the idiot I'd heard several times, but you know, kill city and new values. I listened to several times. And as I went through this process going down, my heart started to sink more and more. And, you know, by the time we got to brick, it was just like, Oh my God, I don't know that I'm going to be able to take a whole episode of talking about albums uh, like this, if this is like the direction that Iggy Pop is mm-hmm. going going in. He takes and a left I turn. Was, <laughs> I was really, I was really kind of like um, a little depressed and a little kind of pissed off at you, like... <laughs> Fuck you, Rob. What did you get me into? This was and my am- plan. <laughs> American Caesar, what a nice surprise. Now, yeah. this is rated six for me, so I don't love it. But he's he's got some energy. He's, there's some life left yet left in the old guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing the sort of like 90s alt grunge thing. And doing it pretty well. Yeah. yeah this he, is a this is a pretty good album. Uh, American Caesar's what a surprise. American Caesar's my number two album. And yeah. he's got uh, Henry Rollins did background vocals on Wild America. He it's it's Iggy Pop bringing himself back from, you know, having to do what everybody else wanted him to do and 
and he doesn't feel like he has to strike out anymore. He's doing what he wants. And he's also kind of keeping up with the times. Like, he's kind of flexing with the popular trends in music. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's kind of cool, too. You know, certainly we don't expect him to do that, but he's doing it. And like you said, he's doing it right. So that's good. Well, and, and let's compare this, which is his, American Caesar is his quote-unquote grunge album compared right. to Instinct, which is his heavy metal oh, album. Boy. What a, what a difference! I mean, he's he's kind of he's kind of in his lane here. Yeah, he really. I is. I think this is this is a uh, you know this is a album I am going to revisit from time to time. You know, if I'm in the right mood. Um, this the you know early '90s alt grunge is not my favorite, um, but this is. This is a pretty good album. There yeah. were um, so it should be noted that uh, you mentioned Wild America. Mm-hmm. It was not a, a real huge hit, but it was a hit in Iggy Pop terms. Yeah, you totally. know, it was a you know it it he, he got him some attention, um, and I like that song. I love the song that you picked this was going to be my pick as well called plastic and concrete plastic and concrete baby these are the facts of life i'm a nightmare child stuck on my own night i'm glad my mother loved me i'm sick and I think that this is his most musically interesting album since Zombie Birdhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really like a lot of the music in this. Well, uh, Iggy Pop takes a left turn, as I said. He, he kind of takes a left turn here. And in my opinion, his stuff gets really interesting through the 90s and the early aughts. So our part yeah. two is going to... It's gonna rock. I think it's really gonna gonna shake things up for you. You know, looking looking back here at um, blah 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 instinct and brick by brick, which are my least favorite of his. Um, I would sum them up as far as the the objections I have with them. It, this way, I would say he sounds like he's sleepwalking through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that is my least favorite Iggy Pop when he sounds kind of checked out. So just looking forward to when we do, um, you know, the rest of the 90s and on is is he kind of I mean, with American Caesar, he's doing a bit of a U-turn. Does that continue? Is he is the energy level going to go up? Energy level definitely goes up from here. Yeah, it okay. definitely goes oh. up from here, and he he has some collaborations in the future that are just rocking. I mean, they they're like I said, they're going to shake things up for you a bit. It's it's good stuff. Great, great. Okay, so we're still friends. Well, we're still friends. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'd be lying if I said um, that I'm looking forward to it because <laughs> um, there are lots of other bands I'm 
looking forward to more. But now I'm not dreading it. Fantastic. Um, like, like I was earlier this week. Um, so that brings us up to the end of part one of Iggy Pop's Deep Dive. We will... Um, pick this up not anytime real soon but when we probably when we get to 1980 or 1981 mm-hmm. um so let's uh any any last thoughts about iggy pop before we just do our regular wrap-up stuff i just love the fact that he's still going he's still doing it you know um mm-hmm. th- nothing seems to he, stop him he just put out a new album he didn't he just came out with a new album yeah have have you heard it? I have not yet. No, I I've been holding off, kind of intentionally. Um, but I've been yeah. reading a lot of buzz about it, and uh, I think I'm gonna like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Excellent. So, next month, we're tackling fall of 1977. So we're gonna wrap up 1977. For the fall of 1977, we visit with some old beloved friends and make some new ones with seven debut albums, two of which are arguably the most influential punk albums of all time. We'll also take a look at what could very well be the first LP of industrial music. And who knows, we might even get to hear some more Zolo music. (laughs) Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, You know, things have really just started getting interesting. Like, there there, there seems to have been an explosion in the industry. And uh, and we're we're in the thick of it. So it's it's just going to get even cooler. As always, you can click on the link in the show notes to go to... um, the Spotify playlist where you can listen to every song um, that we featured here today. Oh, mm-hmm. and I wanted to say something about the playlist. I'm, I've, I don't know if you noticed this, but I, um, I started something different okay. when it comes to the deep dive episodes. Um, starting with the Stranglers episode, I added every song as it came up as we featured it and then at the end of the playlist i also included every other song that we discussed so the hits that are that we want to avoid featuring in the in the actual rundown we will include at the end as because we've referenced them and any other songs that we talk about except for i'm not going to include the songs that we single out because you know they're awful or (laughs) they have problematic lyrics (laughs) so i didn't include the stranglers sometimes in that even though we spend a fair amount of time talking about it or bring on the new biles but any other song that we reference will be at the end of that playlist. Um, so it's just going to be more music. And, and that way we won't have to do little montages of the hits at the end. Yeah. Um, you can just go to the playlist and then listen to all of the singles and hits that we mentioned. So you'll be able to hear... Um, Lust for Life and all of the other songs that we've discussed as being his his hits. 
Uh, so please do check that out. You can get a hold of us at deepdyes.deepcuts at gmail.com. You can get a hold of us on Instagram, Deep Dyes and Deep Deep Cuts, and Facebook, Deep Dyes and Deep Cuts. And our Twitter account is starting to buzz, so you can get us on Twitter as well. Um, other than that, send us some. Send us something. Send us send us an email or something just to well, say. And yeah. even more importantly, if you like this podcast, and because you got all the way to the end, you probably do, <laughs> and you haven't gone to Apple Podcasts yeah. and written a review, um, give us whatever rating you want, but be sure to leave a little written review, even if it's just one sentence about how you feel about it. I, I cannot express to you how vital it is for us as far as getting into search results so that like-minded fans of this kind of mm -hmm. music can find us. So um, if you've been thinking about doing it but haven't got really gotten around to it, if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment, popping over there, and uh, just be honest about how you feel about it, and that's going to that's gonna help us out a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Awesome. Um, great. We got through it. <laughs> <laughs> you got through it. I rode yeah. and enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. I, I just, I just want to be clear. Uh, mm -hmm. Although I don't know that there's an Iggy Pop song that I, I can say I absolutely love. There are many Iggy Pop songs that I really, really like and I think are pretty great. Um, and so I've been a bit of a Debbie Downer on on Iggy Pop, uh -huh. and it's it's not because I don't appreciate him. It's just the it's it was a it was a rough journey for me because yeah. it was all different times of types of terrain. It wasn't just smooth sailing and uh, you know grassy oasis. Is oh. wading through all this stuff for I'm, me. I'm with David Bowie when he says that Iggy Pop is just lovable, and you can't help it. It's he's he's vulnerable, and to me, he he it's his personality. I mean, he's he's damaged, and he's strong, and sometimes he's depressed and sad, and sometimes he's just phoning it in. But you gotta love him all the way. That's that's how I see it. All right, this has been um, a very eye-opening and educational for me. Thank you, Rob. Absolutely. Um, I'll talk to you uh, the first Sunday of next month. Alright, we'll see you guys. Above us is a dirty sky Full of fumes and liquors A little girl A little guy Much thicker. Ooh, the endless sea. Oh, the endless sea.